0: Welcome back to this episode of Liftoff Journeys. I'm your host, Jeannie Walden, and I am joined today with the Jimmy Fallon of Payroll, as he's been called, Mr. Mike Bear. Mike, thanks for joining me on the show.
1: Thank you, Jeannie, for having me.
0: <laughs> so Mike's laughing, but if you've spent any time with Mike Bear at a payroll event, Then you're very lucky because every time I've been at a payroll event with Mike, there have been lines of people waiting to talk to him, asking him when they can get some time with him and just finding different ways to engage with him. It's, it's really fabulous. So I'm really excited about today's conversation, Mike, to learn more about your journey, how you ended up in payroll, how you got to be so popular in payroll and the person that everybody wants to spend time with and be around. And also, you know, other things that we might not know about you yet that would help the audience become inspired as they're working on their journeys. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Are you ready?
1: I am ready.
0: All right. Well, so Mike and I met each other, gosh, about five years ago uh, over a phone call right before the pandemic. And, um, both of our lives were changed after that as Mike and I had the opportunity to work together. And I really got to appreciate learning from Mike, the impact that you can have in people's lives if you're just really good at your job and a really good person. So I guess Mike, my first question for you is, were you raised to be a great person and just always do the right thing and pay it forward? Or is that something you learned over the course of your career?
1: I'd like to say uh, it's a little bit of both um, because I think it is the it, there's environment and there's you know there's there's the nature part of it. I think uh, there's some innateness to it, and um, but then also I mean my folks taught me to just be honest and be a straight shooter, and that's I've told you that before. I was like, look, I'm kind of a straight shooter, genie, You know, this is how I feel yeah. about this. So. And uh, and I, I think it's served me well for the most part. Um, There've probably been some times where, you know, it it set me back a little bit. But I'd rather uh, I'd rather be the straight shooter and 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 handle those setbacks than uh, than than try to throw some curves at people. You know what I'm saying? It's just not absolutely. It's not me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know I you know me. I'm tell it like it is kind of person, and I feel like you know that really. That's really important because people know then they can trust you and that your authenticity is always coming through so that you can understand and and represent exactly what you need to in business. But let's talk about business. When you were little, did you get a cash register or a checkbook for Christmas and decided that payroll is where you want to be? What what did you think you were going to be when you were five or six years old?
1: well i gotta say it's well known in the payroll industry you know of payroll professionals uh, that you know no one ever dreamed of becoming a payroll professional um i'm sorry it just isn't something people aspire to when they're five or six years old um i did have one of those quarter slot things that i that i was enamored with you know where you just load the quarters in and you dispense them. This takes people back, but back in the day when people they were they were like little change uh, things you could wear on your belt, and uh, I did I did enjoy having one of those for a time. Um, I think I traded it for something else, but at, at any rate, no, I mean uh, that the path to payroll for everybody uh, and including me is is kind of circuitous. Uh, it just it, it's, it's not a direct line um, because people don't just really think of this as, uh, as something that they wanna do. You know, I, I you know, I, of course, younger, I wanna be president of the United States, you know? And then I wanted to do business with China, you know? And I, 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 did, I did do some of that. I was very pleased to be able to, you know, get the degree and go overseas and work for a time. And, uh, but one of the reasons I got into payroll was be, was because of my graduate studies, I needed a part-time job. Um, and so I found a part-time job on, you know, in, in the want ads, um, back then as a payroll clerk. And so that kind of started my payroll journey right there. They had just moved payroll into HR, um, at the time. And so I got to learn a lot of HR as well. And uh, in addition to being the payroll clerk, and it was right in a a pivotal moment in in kind of payroll technology, where they were just starting to automate timekeeping, and I pointed that now that period uh, now as being really um, uh, a change maker for for payroll and and also human capital management in general, because once they could capture that time data, the schedules as well as the time worked, and then also provide reports on that, that's data. And that's what's really important now. To, that that to me is like the foundation of human capital management is to monitor the time and see what's going on with people's time and uh, and see trends and things like that. Um, so I was fortunate to be involved in that, uh, right at, right at the beginning to be kind of like a Guinea pig in a way for some of these automatic automated timekeeping systems. But I also was fortunate to learn a lot about HR and, um, I learned about employment. I, I, I ended up actually working when I worked overseas, I worked overseas in China. I was the HR manager over there for, a, one of the three at the time foreign owned um, properties in China, um, and uh, they, actually they called it Personnel Manager. Uh, it was a the international hotel chain, well well known, um, and uh, and and so I was able to work work overseas, which is what I desired to do at the time, and um, and then when I came back, there was a little thing that happened um, called TNN Men. Uh, and, and, it was a very tragic at the time. Um, and my wife and I had already made plans to, to come, come back to the States anyway, but that kind of changed my career a bit, um, from wanting to do international trade, international business, uh, because it was going to be, um, China centered. And, uh, I would, with everything that happened there, I, I didn't feel comfortable pursuing that. So what I ended up doing was um, getting a job with a very reputable publishing firm, legal publishing firm. They call it legal. I think I love the joke, you know, it's like, well, we're glad it's not illegal. Right. Yeah. But what they did was they they grabbed regulations and laws and published them um, and also put context around them for people in business and tax. to so that they could understand what's going on in in the capital in Washington, D.C., in Congress primarily. And I they were just starting a payroll administration guide and um, they just started launching it. And I was there and I got picked up and um, and the rest is history. I was managing editor of those publications and I saw the transformation there of it going from print to what used to be CDs, right? And DVDs and then web on the web and then so many transformations on the web as well. And we were able to grow. We were able to grow our coverage to all the states and localities. And uh, I was able to, and I was very proud of it, uh, launch a a global payroll um, support network. Uh, of all of all kinds of resources for ninety plus countries, so by the time I left there, I mean I, it, it was it was a career. let's put it that way it was a, it, it's been a great career. But what happened was is that you know my experience in payroll paid off because I had done that payroll clerk i I'd, I'd done paymaster duties, but I'd also done the HR and they were looking for someone who had hands on experience early on to help guide the publication um so that they could meet the needs of of their of the subscribers and and that's
0: fascinating yeah i i love that so you just said something super important there that you know in the beginning you you did a lot of hands-on work and just a lot of basic work to get by and just learn the trade and and start at the bottom and move up and and that paid off for you because then in more of a leadership role, people were looking for somebody who had that frontline experience. So I guess it, you know, proves that all of those early jobs that we have when we're starting our careers really make a difference in helping us get to more senior careers as we grow.
1: Uh, that that's so true, Jeannie. I mean, I think with you, you can always draw on those experiences, even if they weren't positive ones. Um, and and draw something positive out of them that you can use later on. I, I truly believe in that.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. You know, I was at a conference one time sitting next to a woman, and they said, you know, tell us about the biggest mistake you made at work and what you learned from it. And she said, I don't believe that I've ever made a mistake at work. And I think the whole room was like, really? What? How can you say that? But she said, I think everything I've done has just been An opportunity to learn how to do things differently. And I don't think that I would call them mistakes. I think that I would call them learning opportunities. And I think that changed my perspective from there. Although I'm pretty sure that I've made a few mistakes (laughs) over the years that I can't call opportunities. (laughs) So
1: you're you're triggering a flood of uh, learning opportunities uh, on my end (laughs) right now. Uh, Several of them, where, you know, in interviews, I told you I was a straight shooter, where I was like, you know, well, I had this problem with somebody and I just hung up on them, you know, I remember saying that in one interview, I was like, why did you say that? You didn't really yeah. have to share that with them, you
0: know? Well, you know, that, that's, that's the, you know, not so positive side about being a straight shooter all the time. You might have a little TMI there, but, but, You know, it's fascinating to hear how your journey changed. You started out school with one idea in mind, but you did that. You accomplished what your goals were. So have you always.
1: Yeah, a good part of it. Yeah. And so it was great. Yeah.
0: Do you feel that you've always been goal driven?
1: Yeah, I remember um, when I was in graduate school and I was working as this in, in payroll and HR and running into somebody at a cocktail party and I was telling them what I wanted to do. And uh, he was like, man, you, you've got aspirations. You know, you, you, a lot of people don't have, uh, can't grab onto that really well. And I think another thing, this is an interesting thing that I think before we uh, started this podcast, we had been talking a little bit about people's journey and that some people are just driven to a particular uh, type of work. And when I was in the hotel industry, I really witnessed that, um, you know, folks in the hotel industry, there are some uh, very devoted and this is it kind of thing. I mean, you don't really get that for payroll until you're in payroll where people are like, okay, yeah, this, how did I know this was it? But, uh, but in, in other professions, you get that. Well, I never really had that in, in uh, hotel and hospitality industry. I was great at what I did. I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed working with all the people. And, um, and that was one of the beautiful things about HR is that, you know, every day is different and, um, and you get to work in so many different ways. It's, it's just a a wonderful opportunity. Uh, but, um, at, at the same time, you, you know, I have always felt like I never had that same commitment as some of these other hoteliers, you know, that are just like, this is it for me. I'm, you know, this uh, this is my career and I love it. And it's true in a whole bunch of other professions. I never quite grabbed that in any particular field, I have to say, but I always felt like I could be really good at, some of these things I'm not good at everything but I could be really good at some of these things and excel at several of them and then also be satisfied with with that I'm, I, I have to say I'm pretty happy with the turns and you know in in my career because it, it's been uh, it's been quite a satisfying kind of journey.
0: So do you feel like when you got into the payroll industry that that was your aha uh, moment? And you said, wow, this is where I belong? No,
1: no, no, I didn't. <laughs> I, I
0: didn't so you're still it. searching. Well,
1: okay, so there were, there were a couple factors there, Jeannie. And one one is kind of like more on a professional level. It's kind of like when you get in a position, I always feel like I'm kind of trying to work my way out of the job. I want to... I want to get in that position, but then that's, it's, I don't want to kind of stay there forever. I want to kind of work my ways and bring people up, help, help develop talent so that, you know, I can move on and then other Mm -hmm. people can slide in and those kind of things. So that's, that's the thing on the professional level. Now, when it comes to, you know, uh, on, on a kind of like aspirational level of, of what you want to do, Um, I've just always felt that, uh, I could be happy doing a lot of different things. And, uh, as, as long as I put my mind to it and I can, I can really feel like I'm contributing positively to something. Um, that's basically what, what I need, you know, I think in my, in, in, in my career, you know, is, is something like that. And I felt that way when I was working with you, Jeannie, and I felt that way mm-hmm. before when I was in the publishing business,
0: yeah, so where do you think your journey is gonna take you next?
1: Well, this is pretty exciting because I am transitioning right now and and it's a wonderful uh opportunities for me because uh one of the reasons I left that publishing was because i you know hey i'm I've had a great career here. I just feel like I've I've done all that I could, and um, it was a great organization that I worked with, but what I really want to do, if I'm going to do anything else, I need to start it now. And I was able yeah. to start that and start working in in a, in a different field, but still related to payroll, which was wonderful for me, because then I could stay in touch with all those people that I was able to network with, as I was building the products that we were working on, uh, in the publishing area. And then also leverage those, those, that, that, and also my knowledge to help the company that we were with, you know, really, uh, enhance its brand and enhance the position of, of the products in that marketplace. Uh, it, and it was very fulfilling. So now I'm looking for, you know, generally another, um, kind of, uh, uh, forward-looking company that uh, that could use services in terms of a uh, uh, consulting or communication and uh, and marketing. I learned a lot in my last position on the marketing side. I did do a lot of marketing f- uh, for the publication that, uh, in in the, that publishing firm that I was at, but but nothing like what I learned of the last few years uh, where where I was before and. Um, uh, I can leverage those things and help companies uh, achieve a level of visibility in a marketplace that is really kind of, let's just say, skeptical um, about, about new things. Um, and payroll has always been kind of very cautious about taking on new things and, and moving in new areas um, and, and for a for good reason, because it's a super sure. critical function.
0: So what are your thoughts on on payroll potentially moving into the crypto space? Because, you know, payroll, big changes in payroll have included things like direct deposit and pay cards and, you know, other types of advancements. There's a lot of talk, debate about should you pay your employees in crypto or not crypto, the stability of it. Do you have any thoughts in that area?
1: I sure do. I I definitely (laughs) do, because, I mean, I've been we've been steeped in payments uh, for the last few years. Now, payments, you got to remember, there's there there ends of payroll um, and payment is right at the very last part of the payroll process. But it's it's super critical, as we've as we've seen recently with the banking crisis and how uh, funding is so important. Um, but that's only one aspect of payments. So payments by itself is like a whole kind of field and employee payments is a, is another one. So one of the things I've observed, and this is how I approach things is like, I'm, I'm this observer now of all these things going on, um, is when it comes to, um, virtual currencies or cryptocurrencies, however you want to call it, um, it's going to be. Kind of what the employees want, um, and it it's not going to be driven like uh, direct deposit was, uh, where employees had to be convinced to take up um, a direct deposit uh, as opposed to getting a paper check. Um, it's it, you know employers drove that, and and businesses drove that. This is somewhat being driven by businesses, but I think the Oh, biggest factor is going to be, will employees, individuals embrace the cryptocurrency enough so that they're going to tell their employers, hey, I want to be paid this way. I want to be paid yeah. in this currency. So uh, payroll is already dealing with that to a certain extent and has traditionally dealt with that with, with overseas workers people wanting to have half their pay. I remember when I was overseas, I had you know, a certain amount of my pay in U.S. dollars and a certain amount of pay in in uh, in Chinese. And um, so it it was it was that way before. This is another type of currency. Certainly payroll can enable it and handle it. One of the challenges with the the crypto, of course, is the stability of of that, that 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 those currencies and Um, Also, kind of the power hungry way that those amounts are generated. Um, So there's there's a couple of factors going against crypto kind of more on the infrastructure side. But I think once you see employees embrace that as a bona fide, valid way to get paid, they're going to demand that from employers i um, kind of like um, like employers are are demanding now on-demand pay, uh, for example, mm-hmm. or earned wage access. So um, yeah. employees are 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 going out of their way now and saying, "Hey, I, I want to work and I want to be able to uh, access my pay on demand." It's going to be. What the same about? Sort of thing.
0: Yeah. What about vendors? You know, do you ever do you ever envision a world where? the supply company wants to get paid in crypto or the facilities company wants to get paid in crypto?
1: Um, I have not thought about that too much. So I don't know if yeah. I can uh, really give you a great answer to that. Um, just off the, you know, kind of off the cuff answer is, again, it's going to be, you know, the demand for it. Um, is, this, is this better than getting paid in uh, fiat currency. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and right now we don't know where that's heading. I don't think.
0: Well, it's a journey of its own kind for sure. Right. It
1: definitely is. And <laughs> it's, it's, again, it, for payroll, it's just one of these little pieces, these little things. And it's like, oh yeah. Uh, you know, the mayor of New York wants to get paid in, in virtual currency, you know, uh, but can we do that? And and there are challenges with that in payroll because there's translation risks, just like there are with uh, transaction and translation risks in in converting the the dollars to whatever currency, just like when you're paying an overseas uh, employee.
0: Yeah, very interesting. So, Mike, if you had to give one piece of advice to somebody who was just starting out their career, what would you give them? What would you say?
1: Um. uh, well, I would say you need to be true to your values, I think, is, is, is one of the, the key issues. So first, you got to be true to yourself. Um, I do have uh, some experiences with uh, my father had experiences where he was working for some people that, you know, he was he was uh, not comfortable with how they operated. And, but he still worked with them because he had a growing family and things like that. And a lot of people are put in that situation. Um, but I think if, if you're true to your values, then that is a great way to kind of kick off your career is look for those organizations that, that mesh with, with what your values are and, um, and, and be honest. I think being honest um, and being accountable are some great traits that unfortunately, you know, in the modern age, uh, tend to get overlooked sometimes by, you know, flash and sizzle.
0: So true. So if you were going to give advice to somebody that had been working for a while, maybe five years, 10 years, maybe 20 years or longer that was transitioning, would you still give them the same advice? Or would you say something different?
1: Well, I think the value advice is going to be <clears throat> going all the way through, and the honesty; those are just kind of core things that that are that, that you have to retain. Um, because once you lose that the, the trust, um, you've lost a lot of what your I mean, a lot of what your own capital is. Um, you bring a lot of capital to an organization. You can bring social capital. And you, you can bring your skills, which is, you know, that, that kind of capital. Um, And it's great to have the skills, but I I think, I think you've got to stick with those values, value driven, what's innate in you. um, Because once you go off track, it's very difficult to get that back. And I've witnessed that too. So I would say, yeah, if they're in 10, 15 years and they want to transition, Uh, I would say before you leave your current job to go do it, you need to do some exploring and, um, and then also make sure that these companies that you're looking for or wherever you're going to work, uh, whatever organization it is, it might be a government organization, but just make sure that it, it, it is, uh, in sync with, uh, with your values and, and, um, allows you to be your authentic self.
0: Oh, my gosh. Mike, thanks so much for being a guest on Liftoff Journeys today. If people want to continue the conversation with you, how can they get in touch?
1: Well, there's a couple of ways. And I want to thank you first, Jeannie, for having me on Liftoff Journeys. But I I can be reached. uh, I have a Gmail uh, email. It's mtbear511.5 at gmail.com. But I'm also on LinkedIn and I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, Papa Bear 5. So um, please uh, please look me up on those uh, social media platforms as well.
0: Great. If you're in the payroll yeah. space, absolutely. If you're in the payroll space, if you're interested in talking about journeys, transitions, if you want to talk about working in China, there's so many things that we could talk to you about, Mike. So I'm sure the audience is going to be in touch. And for everybody listening, stay tuned for our next guest, because if you thought Mike was great, You're going to be blown away by our next guest and you'll have to tune in to see what I mean.